do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadana. With me, as always, Richie Byrne. Oh, Richie, it's good to see you. Gotham City, baby. We got a good show tonight, man. Oh, we got a great one. First of all, we Every should open. In New York should be listening to this one. Yeah, there's going to be people just sending their avails <laughs> during the, right in this. <laughs> and guess what? Their avails are, I'm free. Everything. <laughs> I have so much white out on the calendar. It looks like a blizzard hit, but uh, it's like I'm I th- Coke. <laughs> so uh, really fast, I just want to. Uh, I think both of us wanted to say a big thank you to all the nurses. Yes. Today's a special. It's Nurse Week. It's Nurse, it's nurse week. week. Appropriate and, week too. Yes, and we've had some great nurses on the show. We have had uh, quite and, a few. Yeah. And uh, we just don't know where we'd be without you, even before all this crap. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you deserve even more accolades now, but you, you know, nurses are. Dr. Oz always said nurses are more important than doctors because doctors come in, talk to you, and leave. Nurses stay. <laughs> that was, that's true. It's great. It's yeah. so true. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, I got a letter here. I got a letter uh, from corporate that we're supposed to play something right before we start our show. Yeah, corporate uh, drinks, jokes, and storytellings. Uh, the CEOs sent down a message saying that we need to we need to play a video before we get started. Okay, I, I don't know what this is about. What could it be? Do you know what it's about? Is it is it is it what I think? Is it a quick one or? Shameless promotions. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I didn't shameless promotions. Uh, I know nothing about this. Apparently, Wendy's. You had you had no word. No, I don't. All anything was happening. I think John, our producer, got a call from Wendy's. You know, Wendy's is having some problems because they do fresh meat and they're running out of meat. And Wendy said, "We we really we need to do." We need to get our product seen again. We need something. Yeah. And I said, Joey, you handle it. I had nothing to do with it. So I don't know what's coming. We didn't help. We didn't help. Nothing to do with it. Uh, But it's a little bit we call shameless promotions. And and Wendy's is helping us out with it. So let's run it and see what happens. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Soul Jaws, we serve a ham comedian we modestly call the Richie Burn. And the Richie Burn is full of beef and bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better, you Richie Burn people. Oh, you see that? You see that? Wendy's. You let Wendy's have a second and look what they do. And, and they go and they push. They go and push. Burned out. Burned out on Vimeo. Available on Vimeo. The buyer rent. Burned out on buyer Vimeo. Rent. Yeah, you can buy for nine ninety nine. Rent for four ninety nine on Vimeo. And, and just, you know, you know, Mark, they embarrassed me, 
and I just need a minute. I need a minute, Mark. I, I can't even just right yeah. Now. Hide your face. Uh, <laughs> it's All not right. Soul Joel Productions. You can buy Richie Burns shirts for twenty dollars. But I don't want to talk about that, Mark. No, we should not talk about the twenty dollars shirt or, or that Vimeo. burned out is live on Vimeo. On Vimeo, you can yeah. get it with shameless promotions. <laughs> All right, but we, we should go. move on. We gotta move on. We got a we got a great guest. We got a great guest. We should pop this out of the way. What are you drinking, Richie? Uh, I'm drinking. I'm, I got my Scotch, my Johnny Black. I'm going. Ah. Yeah, Johnny Black. Doing? It's always a classic with you. I'm going with a vodka seltzer water. Nice, nice, a nice little. It's and a plain seltzer. No flavor. Do you want to do the joke, or you want to wait till we get our guest out? Uh, let's do the joke real quick before we bring him out. Um, so uh We're experiencing technical difficulties, our guests. So we're yeah. So um, a five-year-old is at the zoo. Five-year-old's at the zoo with his mother and father, and they're walking by the elephants. He goes, "Hey, mom, what's that thing hanging off of the elephant?" And she goes, "Well, that's his trunk." And uh, he goes, "No, no, no, the other thing that's hanging off of the elephant." And she goes, "That's his tail." He goes, "No, the other thing that's hanging off the elephant." And she goes, "Oh, that's nothing." So she turned, the five-year-old turns to his father and goes, Dad, what's that hanging off the elephant? He goes, it's his trunk. He goes, no, the other thing. He goes, that's his tail. He goes, no, the other thing. Mom said it's nothing. And he goes, well, your mother is spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good dumb joke? <laughs> Cheers, Richie. Cheers to you, Mom. Drinks, jokes. And I hope we got our first comedy club owner coming on. I hope he doesn't hold that joke against you. Wow. It's a street <laughs> joke. I didn't write it. <laughs> Let's get him out here. One of my oldest friends in the business, one of the biggest names in the world in comedy. He's out. He's <laughs> he will be coming out just shortly. We, but, uh... <laughs> you know what happened, Mark? He saw the opening and he just shut yeah, off. Ah, no, I can't do this. Ooh. Um, do we got a, a good show coming tomorrow as well? We have a great uh, show. It's like we know it. It's it's almost as if I could tell you what we would talk about, but we have our good friend Kevin Flynn back on. Kevin and, Flynn coming out. And um, Kevin is a good friend of our guest for tonight. So I actually became friends with Chris because of Kevin. Uh, I was really? hanging out with Kevin, and we went out. And I knew Chris forever, but we never hung out or talked. And, um, yeah, we ended up sitting at Jake's, having dinner, and just telling funny stories and having exactly what this show is, just enjoying the company of another comic. And I, I'm telling you, he had stories about his family that had me falling on the floor laughing. Well, yeah, well, he's a funny guy. You know, he started out as a comic. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, right? And we, yeah. we we did open mics together. We were friends for years before. But he always said he used to say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna own my own club someday." And who knew it was gonna be? Because here's how I look at it: it's what what's the mecca of stand up comedy in the world? New York City. New York City. And what's biggest club in New York City? Gotham, Gotham Comedy Club. So this guy has the biggest club in the world. Think yeah. Of, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's you Caroline's know? and Gotham are the yeah. two clubs that you when you when that a four, have, there it is. There's, there's a beautiful club, right? club. and when oh, look at that showroom. Yeah, I want to talk about this too with him. 
That's, uh, you would think that somebody that impressive would have a better ability on <laughs> on, on, on well, you, think you think you'd have a better taste in friends than to do our podcast? No, I meant you'd think you'd be able to get on a computer and, and not fall off and drop out. <laughs> I, um, you know, I have a lot of friends overseas, and every single time that uh, we would ever have uh, them come over, they would always say the two clubs they want to work are Caroline's and Gotham. Those were it was always the case. They're the two big clubs that anyone yeah. thinks of when they think of New York City. Yeah, yeah. I I always say Caroline's Gotham in New York and Soul Joel's in in uh, Pennsylvania. Those are the the big the, two. The big three. The big three. Speaking of the Soul Joel's. Yes. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we we have Richie is getting back out. Look at this. Curbside comedy tomorrow at the rail. Eat, drink, laugh from the safety of your car. The laughter starts at 6 p.m. Please pre-order your food and drinks early. Restroom facilities are available. This is a safe, distant event. You'll laugh your mask right off your face. There you go. Hi, Darcy. Thank you for tuning in, Darcy. Hey, Darcy's in the house. This is kind of weird. It's... uh, I haven't done a show since March 15th. So you know? I'm wondering, what is it going to be like to try to beat that rust off the doors? Are you going to go over your notes? Are you going to watch old sets? I don't know. I'm not going to watch old sets. I'm definitely I'm going to sit at some point and just write out some things. Uh, I I I have been um, I have been uh, taping myself for a while before the pandemic hit. And um, I have all those tapes, so I might listen back on it because I was trying to write a whole new act. And so it's funny because- As you should, as you should. I really was in the middle of, now that I have burned out that you can rent- Live on Vimeo. Vimeo, rent it for $4.99, buy it for $9.99, but I digress. Why why mention it? Why mention that? That it is available on but Vimeo, burned out. Yes. So I said, you know, I don't want to. Um, I got to write a new act. I don't want to walk in, do the same act that people are buying. You know. Yeah. And so I've been writing new stuff, and I've been recording. And thank God, I've been recording. So even my old stuff is on there because it's who, dude? Who would have thought there'd come a time where you go? I need to think about what I my old act. I need to think about it. Things yeah. I don't want to meet, but it's I have not gone more than ten days in the last thirty years where I wasn't on stage. Maybe eleven days. So yeah. off for almost two months is scary. I you know, and it's it's so funny that you're saying about like writing a new act because now that you have a DVD, you don't want to be. I used to always laugh when I first started, and I was like, just started working the road there would be all these comics that would sell their CD after the show, and they'd be like, did you guys have fun? Do you guys want more? I have a CD available. You can buy it. And it's like, yeah, they just heard all the same shit that's yeah. going to be on that CD. Yeah. See, I don't, want, I don't want that to happen. God, I don't want that to happen. You know? <laughs> I mean, I lose my mind when someone comes up and they go, I saw you last year. You really need to write some new shit, man. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I, I'm never a fan of when um, 
when it happens to be, uh, uh, you know, the, you do a gig and then they want you to come back next year and you're like, no, it's going to be the same act. Let me suggest somebody to you because uh, I kind of figure, uh, you know, you're yeah. going to want a new comic and I could suggest somebody now that I played the room that will be right for you. And I, they always want to have you back. They're like, no, we'll have you back. It's like, oh, you're going to hear the same shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you do a private. And and, some, and they're like, oh, we had you last year. You're like, oh, God, really? <laughs> Look at Brian Flammer. Richie has a DVD. Where can I get one? Thank you, Brian. I can tell you. Or, Mark, why don't you tell me? I can tell you that it is on Vimeo, burned out on Vimeo for sale and rent. You know who else loved? They saw the burned out and watched it, and they had a reaction. Chris Roach. The <laughs> That's the proper reaction to yeah. when you see burned out That's on Vimeo. Yes. Four ninety three ninety nine to rent, nine ninety nine to buy. And you, too, can look like Chris Roach. I like at the end, it's like, to the right, to the right. No. You know what I love about that? We had him on. He was our guest last night. Chris Roach. Oh, yeah. And he was tremendous. Uh, he Here's the thing about Chris that p most people don't realize how smart he is. Yeah, I still don't. He's the guy's a genius. He writes the most brilliant material. Uh, let's just show a clip from last night on the show with Chris Roach. See, there's nothing I love more than intelligent humor. It's and and that's all that's all Roach gives you. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, I love so, dude, it. It's looking like we're going old school for a while here. You and you and me, Gary Allen's here. Hey, Gary. Gary's in the house. His you shows at four o'clock on Tuesdays, I believe. When we started this show two years ago, when we talked about doing the show, we said, "Oh, this would be great." You said to me that I should do a storytelling podcast. Yeah. And you and you were like, dude, it'd be great, blah blah blah. And then I said, I want to do it with you. And we decided, let's do this. Then let's make it happen. And we got Joel involved, and we we said we're going to do this. And and the first few shows were like, just you and me, bro, just you and me. <laughs> and after about the third show, we're like, we got to get guests. I'm running out. Of, <laughs> I'm running out of stories. I have an idea. Why don't we take our audience? And we ask them to write in a topic, and a good one, and a point of view, and let's see if we can write a couple new jokes for okay. Richie to do tomorrow. tomorrow. And if anyone writes coronavirus, I'll kill them. <laughs> so if you have a fun uh, idea of uh, maybe some things, and maybe Richie why and I can try to work out a... Why don't we bring Joel on and explain about tomorrow a little bit? Yeah, and then we're going to do that while you guys think. Yeah. Joel, come on out and join us, you handsome bastard. Joel, you know who says hello? Who Chris says hello? Roach. Chris Roach has.
It's the same. Whether I'm talking or it's Chris Roach, it sounds it's identical. Unbelievable. <laughs> I wouldn't know. When did Chris Roach steal your act? But anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> so tomorrow, the, 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 the show. Who, you're on a podcast and you need laughter because there's no audience. Joe's the only person who holds back the laughter. If we're at a club, Joe's like, ah, ha, ah, ah. ha. But on the podcast, you say a joke and Joe goes, like Joe. <laughs> I'm the only one that's giving you radio silence to your face. Yes. <laughs> so what's up, Pop? Oh man. Up, oh, look at this. See you guys later. <laughs> How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> we had a little technical difficulty. Chris Mazzilli. Thank you for How's being here. Good to see you guys. You got the phone. Thanks for having me. Nope. You can hear yeah, it? you know, I guess uh, you know a lot of people are streaming stuff in my building, so. Oh yeah, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah. All right, well, let's get right to the let's get right to the talk, man. All right, man. I waste time. I'm ready. That's First right. of all, let's start off with this, Mark. I didn't even tell you this. I kept this from you. May 10th, which is Sunday, Mother's Day, is also the 24th anniversary of Gotham Comedy Club. Really? How about that? Yep. Crazy oh my stuff. God! Congratulations, how man! Cool that, man. And st- how about I know Richie thirty years? No, I don't know how to talk. We started out together. Unless he started, we 1990, he started doing stand up nineteen ninety. I started doing stand up nineteen ninety. Yes, I I actually I kind of I did a few shows before then, but nineteen ninety was around the time I walked into Eagle Tavern. That's where and, I started, my, and that's my where first I met Mike on Fourteenth Street, Tim Davis. Tim, I- Tim Andre Davis, Tim Andre and, Eddie, Davis. and Eddie Stanley. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Very good memory. So and, yep. and you guys started- realize that this is like the fourth or fifth person we've had on that immediate starting has a story about Richie and the Eagle Tavern. Yeah. So let, let me tell you another story about Richie. He developed – really quickly like i remember like watching him like a year or two in and i was like this guy's good he's got something he you know it's like you were like really likable and just charming on stage and and flat out funny early on thank you you know and you know what you can go now when you said that he developed uh quickly i thought you meant his breasts because those are <laughs> those are supple Look at Double D Richie. No, thank you for that, Chris. And and I remember we you were always running shows around the city. Yeah. And and I'll tell you a funny story, Mark. You were running shows around the city, and he would always put me on first. No matter and it used to make me so crazy. Do you know why? Because you said I got the energy going and I was That's right. You you had great energy and I could depend on you. I knew you'd do well because we all know. If the first first act goes up and they tank, it's hard to follow that, you know. Right. So it's like you just like listen. Let's face the facts, but there, yeah, buddy boy, you're a likable guy. Thank you. You know. Well, let's well, let also me, let me clarify that you were a likable guy back then. What happened now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I Madonna. You were calling it because now he does crowd warm up. Mm-hmm. You were calling it yeah, early. Yeah. You you knew what where his power was. I didn't think of that. That's right, Chris. You made me yeah. a warm up before I knew I was a warm up. See that? Yeah. Well, that's Man's why it's got instinct. That's why you went on to become the genius you are in the comedy club business, man. I mean, think about 
No. Think about that. Like, and I said this to you once a few years. I went to see Mark. This is a great story. He's doing. Um, they're doing uh, the show live at Gotham on Access TV. We'll right. talk. About, yeah, but this is when you're on Access TV. And Buddy Fitzpatrick was going to be on. And Buddy's one of my oldest friends. We're really uh, great guy. Right. So Buddy, I go to to support Buddy. I just show up. And who's there? I even think about. It. There's Chris. Chris is obviously there. And you were so nice to me, bro. And you said, you go, he goes, I go, Chris, congratulations on the show and all. And he goes, you want to do it? And I go, uh, and I, I go, I didn't come here. Like, I wasn't being that dick comic. Or, Let me show up, see if I get on. And you're like, I go, listen, man, I, I'm just really glad how things are going great. And I came to support Buddy. I didn't come here for that. And you go, so what is that, a no? <laughs> <laughs> and so like three weeks later you had me on the show which i've always been so and, and, and you killed you know it's funny my brother and i my brother steve and i you know run the club he, he joined me like 15 years ago and one of the things we talk about all the time is that's like such a nice perk such a nice thing to be able to do to you know to give to comics you know a tv gig it's it's just uh, it's a nice thing you know and it's, it's fun I mean, do you guys feel the way I feel? I, I feel, like, blessed to be in this business. I love this business. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it kind of sucks now that, you know, when I look, it's the, it's the whole world, you know, but it's just, it's really fun, you know, and, and I'll say this about, like, comics. Like, comics really support one another, you know? It, it's a nice thing to say. There's, let's see, it's, it, there's a nice community here, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and it hasn't shown more than in the last year, I think. Oh yeah, I mean, what? listen, we've been through a lot the last year. It's been you know? a, lot. a hard year. Yeah, yeah I mean, even before the pandemic. Forget about the pandemic. This yeah, listen, we, 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 we've lost our own people. You know, it's yeah. uh, some you of know, our best. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, Angelo. I mean, Angelo. That's, Angelo was look at the, look at the picture, Chris. That's me and Angelo yeah. at Jake's, Jake's. Which is next yeah. door. That's right. Yeah, he's he's like a ray light. That guy. You know, it's yeah. like I, I miss him every day. You know, and he was another guy like. That's Angela Ordotta, by the way, for people who are, don't know. But Angela, I'll tell you a story. I did the mm -hmm. Richie Burns show that night at mm -hmm. your club. Right. And we had a party at Jake's afterwards. And uh, Angelo heard I was, he, he heard that I was doing the show. I hadn't seen him in years. Mm -hmm. And he came by and he came over to the club, to the bar to hang out with me. And I'm sitting with people who, you know, actors from the show and my director and and we want to talk about the show. And Angelo's just talking old times for like two hours. He's talking about the days at the at the Eagle and and oh, you know, yeah. nice for you. And and he and at one point I turn to a friend of mine, I go, Man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to turn into and, and my friend goes, Are you kidding? I love this. Yeah, and I realized that's what I love about our show now, is that people really love talking about hearing us talk about the old days. Oh yeah, you know? and, and listen, there were some really great times, and even yeah. like now, we're making new great times. Absolutely, you know? yeah. absolutely. And I, I, Angelo was just that kind of person too. He made me feel so good that he just came down because he, he made everybody feel that way. Let me yeah. tell you something. That guy, it's just like always positive. I never saw the guy, even like in in his dying days. God bless him, you know. Always had a positive, upbeat yeah. attitude. You know, he was a sweetheart. You know. It was it yeah. was a big loss, you know, and it's like well, you now, you know you did right by him, man. You, uh, Gotham went above and beyond that with him. I mean, you you put his name up on the 
on the on the billboard, on the, marquee. the marquee, and then you had that the night which I was I couldn't go, but you had you you guys uh, did a memorial. Yeah, it, that it I was an amazing night, you know. He he and he wanted that, and my brother and I sat down, and we just we, we basically sat down with his wife and, and family and friends and said, look. We want to make this a special night, you know. We're, we're going to do. We're, we're going to roll out the red carpet because he deserved it, and he really did deserve it. You know that that was like his home club. It was like his living room, you know. Yeah. And it was uh, it was magical, you know. And you really felt the love, and you felt him in that room that night. Well, I heard it was amazing. I wish I could have been there. He was um, always one of those guys that, like, when he talked to you, he was talking to you. Yeah. You oh alone. no, I know. And, and he just felt it. That and it was, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't give a shit about it. Is there somebody more important here? That wasn't. He was just a real guy, you know. Yeah. yeah. He came in. Yeah. He hung out with you, and but that and dude, that's just the feeling you get in the club. You walk in your club, and you just feel. From the second you open the front door, the show started. Right. It's, it's part of the show. It's club. part of the atmosphere. It's, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you talk about the anniversary coming up. You know, it, it's kind of was a thinking from day one. You know, it's like early on when I was a comic, you know, like, look, we all humped it. We went to these clubs, these, you know, back bar rooms, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, we were treated pretty, pretty poorly. You know, yeah. I mean, people didn't care about the comedians most of the time. The clubs didn't, a lot of clubs didn't look great, you know. And, uh, you know, around that time when I was doing stand-up, there was this other kid doing stand-up, this guy, Mike Reisman, a Wall Street guy. And, and, you know, we started talking about opening a club, you know, and what that would be like. So it's... So much thought like went into the, the design and, and what that club well, was going to be that, long before I mean, it even happened. Yeah, because I didn't know that you went to FIT. I did. That's I did. and uh, you have an eye. I graduated nineteen forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> did you want to get it? Did you always want to get into comedy? Like, how did that happen? I know you were big in sports. Yeah, I know so, you're. You know, so I'll, I'll tell you how that all went down. I um. I went to FIT. I studied menswear design. Well, initially, I wanted to be an attorney. I was going to go to Columbia on a partial soccer scholarship, you know, and then I blew my knees out and that ended that. So backup school was FIT. So I went and I studied menswear design, two-year program. I got out. It was at my first job and I hated it because I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. I wasn't designing clothes. I was like slinging fabric. And uh, I remember I called my parents and just said, I I'm going to quit my job and I don't want to go to acting school. I want to give acting a shot. I was 20 years old living in Manhattan. So I figured out, you know, what do I have to lose? You know, apparently Now's a lot. the time. But I, yeah. Apparently yeah, so, you, you could lose your parents. <laughs> yeah. No, I, my, par my parents were, were totally cool. They were like, listen, we believe in you. Whatever you want to do, we support you 100%. You know, go for it. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I went to HB Studio, took some classes. You know, I, I mean... I remember one quick story. So, like, it was like either my first or second class. So, like, when you kind of finish class, they uh, you have like a scene night. So, my scene night, I happened to do well, and my scene partner's husband was like an established actor, and he goes, "Hey, you know, you you're pretty good. You got good instincts. I, I, I'm gonna, you know, introduce you to my agent." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." So I go meet his agent. I'll never forget her name was Heather Reynolds. She was an agent at uh, Flick Talent and Flick was the division of click models that flick east and west and uh, their offices were in uh, above uh, Carnegie Hall and I go there and I had like a made up resume I hadn't done anything you know I had a decent headshot you know but just good instincts and I was I could I could BS pretty well 
So I go in there, we're having a great conversation. She's like, all right, you know what? She goes, uh, I want to have you come back and meet the other ages. I want you to do two contemporary contrasting monologues. I didn't even know what a monologue was, you know? And I was too dumb to ask my acting teacher until like the last minute, right? So literally, I'm like a day or two out in my parents' house in Long Island, North Fort Long Island, like trying to piece together a monologue. So I did finally ask my teacher what it was. And instead of like saying, can you suggest one for me? Or do you have any ideas? Or can you help me with this? I thought, ah, I'm just going to do it on my own. And I remember like reading like in my parents' house. It was actually when that book, uh, Donnie Brasco, My Life in the Mafia came out. So I was doing a monologue from that book. (laughs) Didn't have it memorized. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to go in there and wing it. I'm going to win them over. I'm going to go in there and, you know, and talk to them. So I show up for the audition and uh, they have like a studio a part of their, their offices. And I remember like there were chairs out there and there were other guys sitting down. I'm like, what are these guys doing at my audition? You know, like that's how delusional I was, you know? And they were all like studying their lines. I'm like, man, these guys are really taking this really serious now. So she comes, you know, and she's like, Chris, there's one more and then there's you, you know? I said, okay. So they call me in and it's like, I should have bailed right then and there. There were like, you know, four or five people sitting down at a table, there's a chair in the middle of the room. And she's like, oh, you know, uh, she introduced me to everybody. And she's like, oh, this is a friend of Van- another Angelo, believe it or not. This is a friend of Angelo's. You know, he saw Chris at HP Studio and they said, oh, well, Chris, what'd you, you know, what'd you prepare for us today? I said, oh, I'm doing this one monologue from you know Donnie Brasco. The other one, I couldn't even tell you what it was. So they go, do you want to sit? Do you want to stand? I go, no, I got, got to stand, you know? And I, I, I still, at that point, I'm, I'm like, well, I don't even know what I was thinking about because I didn't even know what I was going to do, you know? And literally she goes, whenever you're ready. And I swear to God, I started talking and all I could hear was blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what was going on. And at one point, I, I looked up at their faces and they were like, like, shocked. Like, what is this guy even doing here? You know, my and I stomach is just dropped. Sweat like, sweat like pouring off my head. And like another time, I looked up and I swear to God, it looked like they were seventy-five feet away from me. Like the room got very, very long and narrow. You know, and like I kind of stumbled through it, and I finished. And, and this woman, Heather, stands up. She goes, "Okay," and I go, and, and now. Anybody else in their right mind would have said, listen, I'm really sorry. Let me just get the hell out of here. Not me. I'm like, the other monologue's better. The other monologue's better. I didn't even know the other monologue. So she goes, she goes, listen, she goes, you're green. And I go, you know what? Let me come back in two weeks. She's like, no, no, no. You're really green. She goes, you need like two years. And I swear to God, like I walked out of Carnegie Hall, walked up to 7th Avenue, because, like, I had it all figured out. I'm going to get in a soap opera. I'm going to be buying Corvettes. You know, <laughs> I wanted to walk in front of a bus on 7th Avenue. And I'll tell you, the one thing it taught me, I never went unprepared for an audition again. Ever. Right. Ever, ever. Right, it was, right. it, it was so embarrassing, you know. And it's like, right. and I didn't even realize what the opportunity was back then. You know, right. I mean, that guy gave me a gift. And, man, did I royally screw it up. Right. You know. But so I think, Heather Reynolds, if you're out there, I'm sorry I wasted your time. I think that... <laughs> I think that probably helped you helped you as when you got on the other side as far as being a comedy club owner and a manager and all to go. Yeah. I yep. know how hard this is because you're one of the few. Oh, yeah. You're one of the few club owners 100%. that can actually say, I actually really got up in front of an audience before like these these owners who own a club and they get up, it's not the same thing. You actually were out there 
working in the trenches with guys like me. True. Hustling. So you understand. Yeah, you're right. You understand the path. 100%. You know, and I think that's what probably makes you more unique than most of the other owners. And But my point about the FIT is that you, and I think this is brilliant, you made the club part of the show. Every other club, and not every other club, but a lot of the clubs you go into, it's kind of dingy. There's seats. There's a bar. There, but look at that. Look at this. That's beautiful. That, that's class. You know, I mean, that's that's beauty to me. And yeah, thanks. When you're an audience member and you walk in and see that, it changes your perception of what the show's going to be. Just right yeah. off the bat. Forget about the fact that you're bringing in Seinfeld and Jim Gaffigan and, and, and whoever else, but the, you, you could bring in anybody. You walk in a club and it has that look to it. That's going to change everybody's and, idea of what the show is going to be. And as I, a performer... As a performer going into that club compared to the other clubs in the city, most I've heard a couple of different comics say that they get ready for their show and they dress like they want to look like a guy who just stumbled on stage and happens to be the funniest guy in the room. But when you play a club like yours, you go, no, I got to stand out. I have to look good. I have to do a good job. And I think it makes the performer have a little more of a... a a better fighting chance. Probably. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, like, look, we, the kind of goal there is we, we want to create a haven for comics, you know, like everything that was designed, that club was with comedians in mind, you know, the green room and having a shower in there and, and, and a bathroom, you know, the stage height, the way the room is lit, you know, having a great staff, you know, and even like you mentioned, like the hallway, when you walk in, it, it kind of sets a tone for the audience member. Like, this place is nice, yeah. you know, and the mindset is I'm going to have a good time. You know, when people walk into a crappy comedy club and, and the host, uh, you know, is miserable. It's like, what do you think they're thinking when they go in? Do you, you think they're thinking off. I'm going to have a great time tonight? Right. No, they're thinking I'm going to have a lousy time tonight. Right. You know? And right. it makes your job as a comedian harder. You right. know, so we try right. to like, you know, like we're on top of like everything, even like as far as the sound quality, like. If I go in the room, the room, like I'll have the sound guy come back ten times if we can't get it right, you know. And it's just, it, it, it's kind of the mindset of the whole staff. And I'll tell you, like God bless my staff, they're awesome. My management team, the floor managers, my servers, my hosts, my bar backs. I mean, we just got a good crew there. Absolutely. You know? Now, and that's something I want to talk about too. It's not just the ambiance of the of the club, which, and we'll get back to that. But um, the people you have working for you when you. When you walk in, you immediately know this You're is taken care of. Yeah. And you have one guy in particular we already mentioned, and uh he's your he you walk through the door and you see this guy and you go, Oh my god, Jimmy's here. And Jimmy is here. He wanted to come on and say hi to you. So let's bring out Jimmy Cato. <laughs> yeah. Here he is. Really <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jimmy, have you moved since the last time you were on the show? What happened? Have you, you moved? You're in the same spot. You were you're in the exact same spot. I just stay here for Dr. Phil and everybody. I just sit right here the whole time. <laughs> Chris, hey, Chris, how you doing, What's man? What's up, Jimbo? I was saying nobody's made more you, out of this virus than Jimmy Cano. He's been on every show. He's in Russia. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been quite a this ride. This guy needs an agent now. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> We can't believe we got him. 
You're the first one. You had me first. I was still in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to tell you, let me tell you about That's this great. man, Chris Mazzilli, though. He's, uh, you know, he's like a brother to me, man. He's been on it with me. He's uh, checked in constantly. Uh, you know, he was, he's just uh, been there 10 years, man. That's, uh, I've never been anywhere for 10 years. You know, I, I figured when I started there, I'll be there a few months and, Ten years later, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere, man. I love being there, man. So, uh, you're just the best guy I've ever well, worked. With. You know, you, you know the feel. Uh, you know the feelings, mutual brother. You know, we go way back. You're a good man, Jimmy. You yeah. doing okay? Yeah, and let me tell you. You know, I was I was worried about you, man. <laughs> we all were. We all were. You feeling yeah, good? Were, yeah, I'm doing really well, actually. I had I had a uh, I had an appointment with my doctor uh, yesterday, and uh, he was very happy with my result, man. It was. It was good. I haven't seen him since I was in the hospital. He, he, go, he goes, I probably shouldn't be doing this, but he gave me a big hug. He goes, give me a big hug. He goes, how, how you doing? Everything's great. Uh, and he, great. He, he tested me. All my numbers were good. Uh, he was very happy with my blood pressure and everything else. So I'm on the way. I'm on my men, man. I'm ready. To, uh, I'm ready to go back to work, my man. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. We all are. Yeah. You and me both, brother. <laughs> I love going down to the club. I, yeah. It's like, I, it, it's hard not being there. Oh yeah, you know, I, I think about uh, it all the time. You all know it's a special place. When I see some of these people on online, you know, I saw uh, Sam Morell do a little video, and I go, "It's nice to see somebody doing stand up again." It was, it was cool, you know. I get to talk to Richie once in a while, so it's fun to see these faces again. But I want to see him in the hallway, yeah. hanging out, having a cocktail. You couldn't be more right. You couldn't be more right, Jimmy. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming in, man. We yeah, it was always good. Chris, I love you, brother. I'll be in touch, man. <laughs> it's causing a delay for him. <laughs> Are you there, uh, Chris? Yes, sir. Got it. You're back. I think you're going in and out. Sorry, bad connection. You know what? I think I think having the fourth thing hurt us. Having, yeah. having Jimmy come in. Can you hear us now? So you say a little better. Yeah, yeah. I think it's better. I think less is more. Yeah. You know what else I love in your club are the pictures. Oh, the photographs. You guys have the best original photos. And that was Dan Dion's photographs. So that that's right. And that was like I actually think that nobody captures the essence of comedians better than Dan. He's really he's a very gifted guy. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, yeah. I what a career he's had. I mean, he's he's not that old. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. 20 years at the Fillmore in, in San yeah. Francisco, and, wow. and yeah. he worked with Bill Graham. Yep. And he, the I I didn't even realize. And the, the, the photos are just so striking when you walk in, you know, and, and it's just. And he, he's, like, shot everybody. I mean. Yeah. It's really, he's a super talented guy and a super yeah. nice guy, too. Yeah. You know, Mark, he, he did a book that with uh with Paul Provenza. Oh yeah. Satiristas, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul yeah, yeah. sent me one after we yeah, had yeah. Radio Gods. Now, Chris, yeah. let me ask you, are there any what are you more proud of? Are you more proud of what you've built with the club? Or are you more proud when you see I just heard Say what? I lost half of what you said there. Okay. Are you I lost this, half of this may be a dumb question. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Barely. Barely. Ah, we're losing. Yeah, try again. Have you had a comic walk into your club who's just new, starting out, and watch them grow? 
<laughs> I heard you say comic and something. Watch them grow. Watching a new comic grow. Oh, I love that. It's the best. Yeah. Is that more like it? What What does that feel like? You know, when you, you see a guy, you go, oh, my God. This guy got it. This guy has got it. it, it it's an amazing feeling. What? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna drop off and dial back in. And see drop, do that. Do that. Yeah. You know, bud. I... I absolutely love what's going on and hate what's going on. I, I love it because it's such great information and it's uh, it's so heartfelt. You can feel it. I know. I know. And I, I hate that the uh, that it's Hi, going Leah. on and off. But um, hey, yes, Teresa or hey, Gal. <laughs> but um, I, I still, dude. I have so many questions. <laughs> there we go. Hey, he's hey. back. Can you hear us? Uh, <laughs> we can't hear you. <laughs> Why don't we just go to his apartment? Yeah, let's just go. I think it's like 20 minutes. Yep. Aaron Caruso said, We understand, just keep going. That's very cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> If, right to the right. If you missed our interview with Chris Roach last night, you just saw it now. Yeah, you got caught up. <laughs> so uh, I definitely do want to talk to him. Oh, here he comes. There we go. Uh-oh. You there? This is... No. No. <laughs> What a shame. We were having such a good. Uh, I wonder. He's talking. We can't. Uh, yeah. But I do want to talk to him about his Corvette show because I know he's I know. really. He's so into Corvettes. I love Corvettes. We didn't talk about the fact, and I um, want to talk about the fact that um, the Irishman was shot. Yeah, we'll get, we have to get to this. Yeah. For those who don't know, the, the movie The Irishman, uh, when they do the scene at the Copacabana, with ironically Jim Norton playing we, Bob Rickles. Yeah, we just talked to Voss about playing. So was that the movie? And Voss was playing um No, no, Voss played Lenny Bruce like fifteen no, no. years ago. Oh, okay. But then Norton's playing you know, Rickles now. It's like all and, our legends are playing the legends of the past. And they shot that. It was supposed to be the Copa Cabana, but they shot it at Gotham Comedy Club. Let's show the clip. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's i mean it's it's you can tell it's gotham since you pointed it out but you yeah. couldn't tell it was gotham when, who else uh, but Norton should be playing that part oh, i know well they couldn't get lisa lampanelli in the bald cap <laughs> <laughs> when jimmy when jimmy said i haven't been anywhere for 10 years i was, I was gonna say not even with lisa <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah, I, I, that movie was really good. Uh, Gotham, the, the TV show, you did it once or d 
twice. No, I just did it once. I just did the one. I I did one, and it was thankfully Elaine Boozler uh, asked me to do it. Yeah, she she actually asked us to um, if I could uh, fill in for somebody. So I ended up getting that. You know what? I'm going to tell you a good story. I did Gotham. Uh, access on access live Gotham live at Gotham on access TV on July 3rd 2015 it, I remember this it was July 3rd it was a, uh, a Thursday night so July 4th so I invited Mike Keegan to come with me <laughs> and Jim Brewer well they're talking to him okay Jim Brewer was the host so Keegan, Huge Brewer fan, right? So we're down in the green room. We're downstairs, and Brewer and I are talking. And, you know, everybody, all the comments. And Brewer and Keegan get into, like, a conversation. So this this is Keegan's night now. He's he's, Yeah, he's he's on fire. Brewer, you know? So the next day, he goes to um, Anthony's, uh, Opie and Anthony, Opie and Anthony, uh, yeah. Anthony uh, Kumia. Kumia. He goes to his 4th of July party at at his house. He gets an invite. So now he spent, it's like a new comic, pretty much. So he's already hung out with Brewer one night. Now he's at Kumia's hanging out with Norton on, on uh, and then he's with, uh, he and Bartlett, Rob Bartlett was there. So he, <laughs> he's having the but he gets himself completely hammered and oh, he ends boy. up naked in Kumia's hut. And he ends up breaking Kumia's toilet somehow. I don't know what, but he like completely like this, he completely like ruined. And I'm like, dude, you totally went over the edge with this man. <laughs> <laughs> Give him an ounce of and power. He said at one point he was like passed out on the ground. And Kumia goes over and goes, who brought you here? (laughs) (laughs) And he looks up and he's drunk and he goes, Joe Curry. (laughs) He blamed Joe Curry. (laughs) Chris. Um, All right. I'm sitting right in front of my router now. You guys hear me? (laughs) Yep. We can hear you. you. Fine. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. It's not as choppy. (laughs) Okay. Because you got to be right on that router, man. So we found out the fact that the club was the Copacabana in the Irishman. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was, was awesome. That was a neat little thing. That was so awesome. Yeah, what was yeah. that like? It was crazy. You know, um, they found out about us. You know, I think the same locations person was doing the show crashing, um, and they reached out and um, it was a great show. Leanne Weingarten, who handles that stuff for us, she was great. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. I love Lee. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's fantastic. And they actually they came in and they um they took a look at the spot. They liked it, and then that was all like very hush hush. We didn't tell anybody, and they literally worked on the club for like four days building out the set, and it was incredible how they transformed the place. And I got to tell you, I remember the original Copa off Park. I mean, off Fifth Avenue. It was amazing. You know, it was. uh, and they did a great job. I mean, they kind of really captured the essence, and they built like these palm trees, and it just it, it felt right. It was a cool thing, you know. Yeah, really it cool. looked great. And I mean, who better than Norton to play Don Rickles? <laughs> I know. 
I know. You know How cool he, is that? You know? Yeah. He must have been in, in his element. He must have loved that. Oh, now, it was great. You know, and then you had, you know, De Niro there, Scorsese, yeah. you know, Pesci, you know, and then Sebastian Maniscalco had his big scene there, right. which was pretty wild, you know. Right. Right, it was good right. stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, you've had so many shows shoot. The Gaffigan shot his series there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we had... Seinfeld shot comedian, parts of comedian was there. Oh, That's you, right. Just see where Seinfeld. Um, and also the pilot for Curb, your enthusiasm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was oh, a yeah. long, long that time ago. The, that would have been the old club. That was. Right. That was the old club. Right. So was Comedian yeah. too, right? Yes, Comedian was yeah, the old Comedian one. was the old club too. And Amy Schumer, you said shot there too? Or did she, Say again? Was Schumer, did Schumer shoot anything there or was she just coming in? Amy Schumer. No, you know, she she did some yeah, but she she came out of the club, you know, and she started there, but I don't think she I don't remember filming. I mean, oh no, actually, you know what? She did uh she did film stuff that she did her audition for her last comic there. Really? There for last comic standing. Yeah. Man. Oh, cool. Very cool. They should rename Gotham the Star Factory. You it's did just turning out yeah, stars. <laughs> and tell us about live at Gotham. How did that come about? Well, so Live at Gotham was, was the second series. That was actually the Comedy Central series. The the, the Cuban series was called uh, Gotham Comedy Live. Right. A little variation. On, on but, and before that, you did New um, Joke City, right? That's right. New Joke City was at the old club. That was with... Um, Robert Klein. It was called Met Channel. It was in New York, New Jersey, and uh, Connecticut. Robert Klein hosted that show. Right. You know, it was, uh, that was fun. That, that was yeah. a good little run. We did 56 hours on that. Um, wow. And then the Cuban thing kind of just fell into her lap. They He was looking to do a stand-up series. He had heard about Gotham and reached out to this production company uh, called Killer Bunny uh, here in New York that, that he had done some stuff with and said, hey, do you know these guys at Gotham? And they said, yeah. Well, you, they Because their offices are right above the old club on 22nd Street. <laughs> so they called me. We said, hey, Mark Cuban's looking to do a comedy series. And I said, great. You know, I, I got a great idea. You know, this is how I think it should be. And, you know, my brother and I sat down and we kind of hashed out our ideas. And literally, like, we pitched the idea to Cuban on a Thursday. He ordered the, the pilot on a Friday. We shot it a few weeks later. And then he ordered the series, you know. And it just, wow. it, it did really well for them. Just literally, we just kept doing more and more and more. At the end, I'm doing like 100, it's 156 one hour episodes wow which was wow. was great a lot of fun now i gotta tell you it was an amazing run a few years ago when you did uh um gotham live on access and you guys you guys always had like the celebrities as hosts which was cool you know like uh hassle oh, you mean, yeah we had like, a lot of celebrity that's right that's right you know yeah I mean, pam anderson hosted an episode yeah 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 yeah, Fran Drescher so, did Cheech and Chong. I mean, it was it was nuts. We had some well, really cool hosts, you know. I'm Cedric working, did it. I'm working a Dr. Oz show, and William Shatner's on the show, and he had hosted for you guys the night before. Is he there? You there, Chris? Oh. It's that was again. Sorry. That's right. So William Shatner had hosted. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're going in and out. All right. But it's okay. I, I, I can hear you. Try so again. William Shatner had hosted the show the night before, and he was on Dr. Oz's show. That's right. And 
right. we had a we had a problem at the show right. and we had a whole taping and Oz turned to Shatner and he said, give us a joke that you did last night on the show. And Shatner told one of his jokes. Oh, and that's then, cool. And then Oz, I'll tell it without Chris, then yeah. Oz told a joke, a street joke. No way. Yeah, and then Oz looked at me and I told a joke. <laughs> and then it went back to Shatner. He told another joke. Oz told a joke. Then I told a joke. <laughs> by the third time around, I said, when I woke up this morning, if you had told me that I'd be in a joke off with Dr. Oz and Captain Kirk, I would have told you you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> oh. All right. You missed the great back. What a story. <laughs> a great story. I'm sure it was fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, Richie, what was your favorite joke out of that? Out of the the quad trio uh, telling the jokes, probably just saying that I was telling jokes with Doctor Oz and Captain Kirk was, <laughs> you know, the best part. That's hilarious. Yeah. So he was uh, actually he was a super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He's on Oz all the time. They're close friends, so I I, I kind of got to know mm -hmm. him a little bit. Now, can talk a little bit about another buddy of ours from this show, who we adored, who we lost a few weeks ago, and I know you very close to Vic Henley. Yeah, Vic was a was a great guy, you know. I and I loved him dearly. You know, it's uh, I'll tell you how I met Vic. So he was he was like, and most people don't know he was the last VH1 VJ. He was the last one, and he was wow. living in LA. And he came back to New York. He came back to New York, and uh, he was like, you know, he wants to go to his clubs, his normal stomping ground. So he went to stand up in New York first, and he, and there was a new manager there, didn't know who he was. And the guy basically said to Vic, look, you got to come back and audition. And he was like, what? He's like, I can't, you know. So he said he left there and he went to the strip, you know. And the strip was closed. The show was canceled that night, you know. So somebody said to him, oh, you should go check out this new club, Gotham downtown, you know. So he's like, oh, this is going to suck. I'm going to go down there. They're not going to know who I am. I have to audition for them, too. So he said, you know, he walked into Gotham when I was up and standing up in front of the club. And I said, hey, I said, you're Vic Henley. I said, you want to work here? And he goes, yeah, you know, that's how came friends, and we've friends ever since. You know, <laughs> another good guy, and, and, and you know, it's funny the similarities between him and Angelo. They were two hosts in the city. You know, really good MCs. Yes. Yeah. You're but, right. You're right. Dying. Vic was another one that when he talked to you, you thought like I was the only one that mattered in the conversation. He wasn't ever asking for anything. He was genuine. And uh, a lot of people aren't like that. Oh, he's a super, super nice guy. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you a story. So let me make a suggestion. Since we had difficulties tonight, why don't we reschedule part two of this? Let's I do it. Does it drive me insane that I can't hear you guys that good? We, we would love that. Can we do that? We would love that. Please, have we'd love that. Right. Have you on we'll as soon as possible. People are writing all over. This is so great. Wait for them to. So people really want to hear what you have to say. And we have so much more we can talk about. So why don't we just reach All right, there's it. plenty more stories to tell. We'll, we'll do it again. You know Thank what? Thank you so much, Chris. All right, guys? Yeah. You guys are the best. Right. Let's just wrap here. Thanks so much. We'll do it again. Cheers. We'll have you on soon. Folks, All that right. was Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.